So when you want to ask a question, and sometimes you don't want to ask it for yourself, you'll say, you'll ask the question, then you'll say, I'm asking for a friend, that kind of thing. We're starting a series today about things maybe you'd like to ask the preacher or ask God, but you don't exactly know how to ask it, and so we're going to call this asking for a friend. We're going to try to deal with some, some questions that might come up in your life that you don't know exactly who to ask or how to ask, and today we're talking about roadblocks and what do you do when a roadblock happens in your life. Now, I'm not talking about a literal roadblock, but a, you know, kind of a, a roadblock that something happens in your life that you didn't expect, and what do you do with it? Now, let me suggest to you a book. Um, this is In a Pit with a Lion on a Snowy Day. Great title. Cliff is our founding pastor. He's sitting on the front row. And I understand this book had something to do with you starting the church. This is a book that will... He nodded yes, by the way. Thank you for not uh, saying it verbally, and so I have to tell that for you. Uh, it's a great book. All right, thank you. Um, it's a book that talks about challenges and uh, how do you get to a place where you are willing to take risks for God. And I wanted to read a story because I found it quite humorous, and it's a little long. Please uh, forgive me for, for reading too much, but um, it's just such a good story. I thought I would start with it. So, this is uh, Mark Batterson. He's a pastor. In a, uh, he has a church in uh, Washington, D.C., and um, this is what he writes. And this has nothing to do with his church. Um, but he says, a couple months ago, we were on vacation in Orlando, Florida. M- one morning, we were sitting at a stoplight in our rental van. The light turned green. The car in front of us didn't go. Anybody ever have that? Uh, so I decided to give them a little uh, love tap on the horn. But when I did the horn, it got jammed. And I couldn't turn it off. The poor people in front of me, they must have thought, I am a raging lunatic. I quickly pulled into a gas station, which everybody's staring at us. We were mortified. But fortunately, the horn stopped honking when I turned the van off. So I started the van back up. We got onto the highway. After two miles down the road, the horn started honking again without me even touching it. Scout's honor. So we were driving down the highway at 70 miles per hour, blaring our horn at everybody and their brother. I'm not sure what people were thinking, but it felt like we were screaming at people, get out of my lane, sucker, this road belongs to me. I honestly didn't know what to do. Malfunctioning horns weren't covered in the driver's ed class. So I did what everybody else does with it when something's broken. I began to hit it. I just kept pounding on the horn, and it would actually stop, honking for a few seconds, and then it would come back on sporadically. The 15-minute ride would would rank as one of the most chaotic driving experiences of my adult life. But you know what, he says? We're still laughing about that moment uh, days and years later. In fact, I don't think my kids will ever forget that now famous honking horn incident. And then he ends with this, or at least this story. Now here's the point, he says. Some of the best things in life are totally unexplained, unplanned, and unscripted. Now... Unfortunately, some of the worst things in life are unexplained, unplanned, and unscripted. Today we're going to talk about what do you do, let's say you come up with a plan. Maybe it's a plan for your life or a plan for uh, your career, a plan for school. You come up with a plan. This is what I think uh, I want to do. Or uh, if you're a Christian, it's it's not just a good plan, it's a God plan. I prayed about it, or at least I think this is what God would want us to do. And so you come up with a good plan, or you come up with a God plan, and all of a sudden... There, there's a roadblock. And I want you to understand something. It's not like this is the first time this has ever happened. 
Um, my favorite poet, Robert Burns, I can't even say that straight. Uh, I have never read poetry other than Dr. Seuss. But anyway, um, Robert Burns said, the best laid plans of mice and men often go awry. It, it is this truth in life that sometimes things don't go the way you expect them to. Um, Amazon tells us that you know they have Kindle and they, they, they keep track of the most highlighted Kindle passages. The most highlighted Kindle passage is from a book, this book, Catching Fire by Suzanne Collins. And the quote is, and this is, this is highlighted twice as many as anything else, uh, because sometimes things happen to people and they're not equipped to deal with them. It, it is sort of this, this fact of life. In fact, the fact is this. Roadblocks happen. I was talking to somebody on the way in, and, and I was saying, hey, we're going to talk about roadblocks today. And he said, I think this is exactly the you know, thing, thing that's happening in my life right now. And, and here's, the, here's, the, point, here's the, the, the deal with, with roadblocks. If you don't have one now, you're going to have one. And if you don't have one now, you've had some. And if you haven't had some, you're definitely going to have some. And if you're in one now, you're probably going to have some more. Because roadblocks happen. I don't know of anybody who goes through a race in life that never has a hurdle. My daughter Mallory used to run steeplechase. You all know what that is? You have these hurdles, and they're positioned around the course. And there's one hurdle where you jump over it and you land in water. It's the water hazard in the steeplechase race. And, and she would run that. And one time she fell in the water. It's so funny. Uh, except uh, for us, not her. I'm sure for her it wasn't very funny because it was really cold, and now she's cold and wet. But uh, uh, th- I, when I think about life, I just used to watch her run that race, and I would think, man, that's a lot like life. You have, you have some stretches, and you're running, and it's clear sailing, man. Nothing's going on, and you're just running, and all of a sudden, all this, there's a hurdle. And you, you have to do something with the hurdle, because it's there. You can't run around it. You're, you're disqualified if you run around it, so you jump over it. And then you have clear sailing for a while. It's great. And then there's another hurdle, and you have to jump it. And then there's clear sailing, and then there's another hurdle. So let's talk about what do you do when all of a sudden there's a roadblock in your life. You, don't, you, didn't, you didn't expect it, but there it is. What do you do? If you have an outline, you can look at it along with me. But let's make a couple of points. Because here's the thing about roadblocks. You can adjust course. You can stop and rethink. You can plow through. You have options. So let's talk about what it looks like for these options. In fact, the Bible says the human mind plans the way, but the Lord directs the steps. And I, I like that the Lord directs our steps. He doesn't dictate our steps. He doesn't, he's not a, like a puppeteer and a puppet master and we're marionettes and he's pulling the strings. But I like the fact that he directs the steps. He is interested in our lives. Um, if, if you're a parent and your kid has ever gone to kindergarten, like your first kid, maybe not your second kid, you get, you get inoculated a little bit, but first kid goes to kindergarten, you don't just like push them out the door and hope they make it. I mean, you, this, I know this applies to nobody in the room, but we know people who drive their kid to the kindergarten first day and they hold their hand and walk them in and they stand outside the door to make sure they're going to be okay. And then during recess, they're behind the bushes, you know. 
making sure that that little booger-picking boy isn't going to mess with their little princess. I hear that happens. I, I don't know from personal experience. And then they come home from school, and what do you do? You act like they're POWs. I, I mean, it's like, oh, you know, Jimmy's, oh, Jimmy's, oh. And, and, and there's this notion in this verse that the human mind plans the way, but the Lord directs the steps. And what you need to understand is, God is, he is interested, like a parent with a child, in what happens with your life. I mean, he is intimately involved in your life. He is a loving father. He is caring about you. And sometimes he uses roadblocks to direct our steps. I mean, if the best news you're going to hear today is that God cares about you. He cares about the steps you take. He cares where you go, what path you're on. He cares about you. Now, roadblocks defined, it's, it's, these are things that happen in life that give us reason to hit the pause button. Sometimes they give us reason to hit the panic button. And, and, and we don't, I mean, it could be like um, a job opening in another state. And now you have, am I, should I move, should I not move? Uh, a roadblock could be a health issue. You, all of a sudden, you're, 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 you're going down the straightaway. I mean, you're running, and it's straight, and it's easy, and all of a sudden, there's a roadblock, and there's a health issue, and it kind of messes you up a little bit. Or you're laid off from work, or you plan to sell your home, and it won't sell, although that never happens in Greenville. Uh, and, and, or, I don't know if this has ever happened to anybody, but, but you're kind of tight financially, and then there's a bill that comes up. Uh, the air conditioning goes out, or your car transmission goes out, or you need a new set of tires, and all of a sudden there's this roadblock, and you think you're doing okay, and then there's a roadblock that happens. So how do you handle it? Well, I'm going to talk about five things today. Kind of, hey, let's, let's think through if a roadblock is happening or if a roadblock happens in the future, or maybe you had one and maybe you can reflect, I wish I had done this. What, what do you do when a roadblock happens? Well, the first thing is you check your motive. Are you running the right race. I mean, not every plan that we plan is God's plan for us. I've planned things that weren't God's plan for me. I mean, just you probably done that too. And in Chronicles, it says, 2 Chronicles, it says, the Lord keeps close watch over the whole world. God knows what's going on, and he knows the plans. The one guy you're never going to throw a surprise party for is God. I mean, he kind of knows. God has never said, well, I didn't see that coming. Because he sees everything coming. He's God. He sees things. He knows what's going to happen. And here's what, here's the problem too often. I have a plan. I ask God to bless my plan. I want to do this, so I'm going to ask God to bless it. Not that, I mean, God's not guided me on this particularly. I just think I'd like to do this. And so, hey, I'd like to do this, God. I need you to bless what I want to do. Well, that's not exactly how this works. Because here, I love this language. In Philippians, Paul says about he and and Timothy, we are slaves of Jesus Christ. Here's what we got to understand if you're a follower of Jesus. We work for him. He doesn't work for us. That's a really big difference. We work for him. And Paul uses the word slave. Now, understand, in in American uh, context... It's different than what Paul and Timothy would have experienced. Now, sure, people who were slaves in first century 
didn't have freedoms, to have the same freedoms that free people had. But oftentimes, a slave came from a, a country that was occupied, and they would, they would you know, exile them into this country, and they would sell them as slaves. And many, many times, they were better educated than the people that bought them. Um, many times, they would bring them into the house and become part of the family. And so when Paul says we are slaves, what he is saying is, I'm going to give up my rights to do what I want to do. This is what becoming a Christian is, by the way. Too, too many times we think it's just this bare minimum, what do I have to do to get in? I've got to say a prayer, and that's it. But back in the day, we used to use language. Jesus is, is my Savior and, what's the other word? Lord. He, he's the one who directs my path. And so Paul was like, hey man, we are going to be servants. I'm going to do what Jesus wants me to do. I'm not going to ask him to bless my stuff. I'm going to ask him what stuff he wants me to do. It's, it's kind of a completely different deal. And too often we want to say to him, I mean, I, I know school is just about out for most of us. And if, if you're a teacher, how many times have you heard a kid say, or if a parent, how many times have you heard a kid say, you're not the boss of me? And I think for us, a lot of times we say to God, you're not the boss of me. And here's the deal. The Bible tells us we do nothing out of selfish ambition. We're to not just focus on what we want to do. Now, here's a misunderstanding sometimes. We'll say, well, that was an open door. I had an open door. It must be God. You understand not every open door is from God. You really need to know this if you didn't hear nothing else. Not every open door is God opening the door. I'll give you an example. Uh, if you've read your Old Testament, if you come to Sunday school, if you came to uh, vacation Bible school ever when you were a kid, there's the story of Jonah. You know Jonah? And God said to Jonah, I need you to go preach uh, to the people of Nineveh. And Jonah's like, uh, I don't want to do that. So what happens? You know what happens. He gets on a boat and he's asleep. Now, get this. It says he goes down to the dock and a boat is leaving. It was an open door. In fact, in that century, ships didn't leave every day. It's not like every day you'd go down to the dock and there would be a ship. Like if I go to Atlanta Airport today, I can get on a plane going to pretty much anywhere today if I have enough money. There's an open door in Atlanta to go any place, pretty much, today. Not so with Jonah. He goes to the dock. It just so happens the door is open for him to get on a boat. Uncommon. It wasn't like that boat hardly, that, that hardly ever happens. Those doors are hardly ever open. He could have easily said, well, God opened the door. Look, it's a door. It's open. So he gets on the boat. He goes into the hull. I think that's the bottom part. Any shippy people? We're going to go with that. Okay. Uh, he's down below. All right. He's um, asleep. There's a storm. <laughs> How does that happen? Uh, have you, I mean, you're in a boat and it's rocking crazy. I mean, I, I don't know. That, to me, I, I believe I would know. Anyway, he wakes up and there's this big storm and the crew is freaking out. You talk about a roadblock. I, I would think a hurricane you know, on a little boat is a, hurricane, is, a, is a roadblock. And eventually they throw him overboard. Okay. And he's swallowed by a big fish, and people will say, well, how can somebody be swallowed by a big fish? Well, I don't know. How can babies stay in a womb for nine months? I, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, uh, confined space, and he lived, and, and, and he eventually 
did what God told him to. And he still wasn't happy about it. It's an interesting story, Jonah. The point is, just because there was an open door doesn't mean that was God's will for his life. So the first thing I have to ask myself is, when I hit a roadblock, is am I, am I going down the wrong path? The second thing I have to ask myself is, are, are, God, are we okay? Am I, is my relationship with the Lord, are we doing all right? Look at what it says in Romans. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. And so I, I need to just assess, God, am, am, I, am I going the right direction? Look what it says in James. Um, oh, sorry. God sometimes speaks, but sometimes we just aren't listening. God's speaking to us, but we have to be sure we're listening. Now look at this in James. You do not have because you do not ask. So instead of asking God to bless my plan, perhaps I need to listen to his plan. See, God speaks to us in lots of ways. Let me tell you a couple. Uh, By reading his word, it, it should be part of our day to read a little bit of scripture. I just think you ought to make it a part. Now, listen, let's not, let's not be legalists and, oh, I missed my day of prayer or miss my, miss my day of reading my Bible. If you miss a day, start over the next day. But it's a good idea to read the Bible because God can speak directly to us through his word. That's kind of nice. Sometimes it's through spokespeople like, like pastors. And you're here today and maybe something's going to be said. I pray that something's going to be said that might impact your life. And that's kind of impersonal, but it's kind of cool. Or maybe you have wise counsel in your life. And for, for um, our family, uh, that's my wife. And my girls will call my wife, and she provides them wise counsel. And that's very personal, and that's, that's awesome. You need wise people in your life. Sometimes it's via circumstances, open doors, but it's not, you have to make sure the doors are right. It's, it's right from God. And sometimes the Holy Spirit just speaks to our spirits. And we have to be sure, where is our relationship with the Lord? We sometimes need some guidance, some help with this. And so that's why you read the Bible, and that's why you listen to sermons, and that's why you ask close friends, and that's why uh, you look at the circumstances, and that's why in prayer you ask God to speak to you. Lord, show me what you'd like for me to do. Have you ever um, Have you ever thought about what it would be like to be blind and need somebody to help you? I mean, have you ever played that game where you blindfold yourself or, or you just close your eyes for a second? Because think about this. If you were blind, think about the things that would be difficult to do. It'd be hard to know what medications to take. It would be hard to know what side of the street to catch a bus on. It would be hard to, to know if something has expired, uh, you know, on a label. And so there's a, a, a guy... Um, a Dutch man who came up with an app. It's called Be My Eyes. And so people who are visually impaired use this app and they'll contact volunteers who can see and they'll use the camera on their phones and they'll hold their phones up to things and they'll say, you know, is this the right bus stop? Or There's this one illustration they give in this article that I read and uh, the guy had um, had some milk and he didn't know if it had expired. And so he used his... Uh, Be My Eyes app to ask somebody, is, is this expired yet? Uh, I have another way of doing that. It's called Use Your Nose. Uh, you can smell and just see. I am killing it with my cough button. Oh, I didn't even need to cough. I, I just did it because I wanted to. So you got to check your motive and you got to check your relationship. That's the first thing. Really, the roadblock happens. Okay, okay, okay. 
am I just going my own way or am I going the way God wants me to? And am I asking God to bless, you know, bless my plan or am I asking God what his plan is? That's kind of first thing roadblock. I, I go to God first. Number three, check your timing because here's the deal with God. Sorry. You know, allergies, they really stink. Uh, just so you know. With God, one day is as good as a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. God is like, I just traveled to Kentucky. From here to Kentucky, it's um, a 300 and something miles of uh, sheer uh, annoyance. Uh, I mean, um, on the interstate, uh, that section between Asheville and Knoxville with all the curves that was designed by Satan, you all know what I'm talking about, right? Um, I hate that road. Just so you know. And here's what I hate about that road. People driving in the left lane not passing somebody. Can I get a witness? I mean, come on. You know God's not leading them in that. He's not. He's not. If you're getting passed on the right side, you are not in God's will. I I know this. I know it's in Scripture. It's in the Old Testament. You don't need to look. Uh, It's there. Now, God is annoyingly patient. And you got to understand this. God moves at God's pace. Now, I like things to get done. Anybody else? Listen, I I have to think if I should tell you this or not. I'm going to go with it. All right, all right. My mother will be 85 in September. Bless her heart. She was here last week. So sweet. She's so sweet. But here's something about my mother. When she asks you to do something... She wants you to do it now. She doesn't want it done later. She wants it done now. Now, I don't live there. Y'all notice that? I mean, I'm not there. So sometimes I can't do the stuff now. I have to do it later. And I think sometimes we, we want it done. God, I want to do this and I want to do it now. And God is annoyingly patient. And, it, and sometimes the roadblock is to slow us down. Because that's what roadblocks are used on the interstate. What do they do? They put up barriers so they'll slow you down because you're going too fast. And sometimes a roadblock will happen in your life and God is saying, slow down. Look at what it says in Second Peter. With God, a day is as good as a thousand years. I mean, it, sometimes we just need to slow down. Now think, think about Jesus just for a second. Jesus was only alive on this earth for 33 years. He only had 33 years of ministry. If I'm God, and I'm not, but if I was, I'd have had him working right off, right? At two years old, he's doing stuff, right, you know? Two years, he's making people, he's healing people and stuff. I'm not waiting. He waited until he was 30. I mean, what could he have done if he had started earlier? Here's the thing about God. He is annoyingly patient. His timing is impeccable. The, the people wandered in the wilderness. How long does, does, do people have to wander in the wilderness to learn a lesson? Evidently, 40 years. Because they wandered for 40 years before they got into the promised land. He is annoyingly patient. 
And we have to we have to slow down sometimes. Roadblocks sometimes slow us down, but those who wait on the Lord. So one of the things that we have to develop in our in our character is can I be okay slowing down? Which leads me to the next thing. Don't take it personally. It's not like God's not for you. It's not like God is against you. He just wants you to do it right. Slow down. I heard about this uh, couple of boys, and the mom was making pancakes, and they were arguing. Little Alex wanted the pancake first, and little Johnny wanted the pancake first, and they were like five and three, little guys. And they were arguing, and the mom sees this as an opportunity to teach, and so she says, boys, if Jesus was here, he would say, uh, I'll wait, and my brother can have the first pancake and little Alex looked at little Johnny and said, well, you be Jesus this morning. You know, uh, you, you, can, you be Jesus today. Here, here's the thing about, about roadblocks. There's a super cool story in the book of Acts. Paul and Barnabas are great Christians, and they go and they start churches. They're starting a church here, and then they set up leadership, and they start a church here, and they set up leadership, and they start a church here. And they come home and they kind of regroup and on the first missions journey mission trip they had a guy named John Mark who went with him but halfway through the trip he abandoned them so now they're making plans for the second trip they're going to take a second trip they're going to go back to some of these churches and encourage them and maybe plant some new churches and they have this dispute Barnabas is saying, hey, man, John Mark has learned his lesson. Let's take him with us. And Paul's like, we're not taking that chump. I mean, he, he abandoned us. What a jerk. We're not doing that. And, and here's the language. They had such a sharp disagreement. Who, who enjoys a sharp? Nobody enjoys a sharp disagreement. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. And that would look like a roadblock. Sharp disagreements often do. And yet, look what happened. God even uses this for the good. So Barnabas took Mark, and they sailed for Cyprus. And Paul chose a guy named Silas, and they left, went another direction, and commended the brothers to the grace of the Lord. Here's the deal. Now, instead of one group of, of missions workers, now they have two. And even God used a sharp disagreement to get people to know about Jesus. Sometimes you just sort of cut your losses and you go a different direction. And that roadblock, even that roadblock, God can use. Here's the kind of the main point is God can use these roadblocks in our lives. Let me give you one more thing. When you're sure, don't let anything stop you. Look at what it says in Colossians. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not as for men. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. This is written by our friend Paul. Now, Paul understood roadblocks. If there was ever a person in all the world that understood roadblocks, it's Paul. He would encounter roadblocks every place he went. He, as a Christian, he felt God wanted him to go start churches. He would go start churches, and there would be hostility, and there would be roadblocks every place he went. One town he went to, they took rocks, and they, they beat him literally nearly to death. In fact, they thought he was dead. They drug his body, they drugged his beat-up body out of the city because they thought he was dead. I'm not sure about you, but I think that qualifies as a roadblock. 
when they beat you nearly to death, you are, that's a roadblock. And he went to uh, uh, Philippi, and they put him in jail. That seems like a roadblock to me. But once he knew what God wanted him to do, he simply did not let up. Here's what you need to know. And I, When I was driving to church today, God kind of put a verse on my heart. It's from Matthew 10. And Matthew 10 says this, verse 19 and following. Um, or 20, 29 and following, sorry. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny, yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of your Father. And even the very hairs on your head are numbered. So don't be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. Over and over in Scripture, God encourages us by saying, don't be afraid. You hit a roadblock and we get all nervous and we get tense. And God today is saying to you, if you're encountering a roadblock, don't be afraid. There's a reason. Maybe, you're, maybe, I, maybe God's trying to get you back in the right lane. Maybe he's trying to see if you're diligent enough to push through. Don't be afraid. The word for the day, don't be afraid. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for roadblocks because we know that in all things, you're working together for the good of those who love you. So, Lord, we want to be attentive to your voice and we want to hear you clearly. And if you have a roadblock in our life, help us to not be afraid, but to, to assess where we are and to do what you call us to do. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.